0: सहनो भवतो Purnasya Puramadhaya Purnameva Vashesya De Om Shanti 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 Shrutesmrade Puranam Halayam Karunalayam Naam Nibhagavatpada Shankaram Loka Shankaram shankaram Sankaracharyam kesavambadarayanam sūtra bhāṣya krutau vande bhagavantau punapunaḥ īśvaro gurur mūrti vyoma dēhāya Dakshina Murthaye Namaham Gukarastvandhakarascha Rukarastanivartakaha Andhakara Niradhittvad Guru Ritya Vidhiyate Sadashiva Samaram Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmadacharya acharya paryantam vande guru param param amanitvamadamhitvam
1: amanitvamadamhitvam
0: ahimsa shanti rajavam ahimsa
1: shanti rajavam
0: acharya upasanam shaucham
1: acharya upasanam
0: Siryamatma Vinigra,
1: Siryamatma
0: Vinikra, Anahankara Evacha Evacha, Janmamrityaravyadi Damamrity Rama, Dukado Shana Asakti Rana Bhishwangaha, Uttradhara Grahadeshu, Nityan Chasamachit Tattvam, Ishta Nishta Pa Pattishu, Mahichananya Yogena. त्रैव्य विचारिणी
1: त्रैव्य विचारिणी
0: विवेक देश सेवित्वं विवेक Adhyat
1: सेवित्वं
0: Nityatvam, Ete dhyanam iti praktam. Ete dhyanam iti
1: praktam.
0: Ete dhyanam iti praktam. Ete dhyanam iti praktam. Ete dhyanam iti praktam. Ete dhyanam iti praktam. Ete dhyanam that bhakti of the devotion also is a means of knowledge. Vivekta savitvam. Repairing to a place of solitude, a place which is clean and pure or sacred. Aratihi janasam sadhi. A lack of delight in keeping, in seeking the company of the people. Particularly company of those people, who, the company which is not conducive to my pursuit and avoiding that. Now continuing in the eleventh verse, Lord Krishna says, Adhyātma jñāna nityatvam Adhyātma jñāna nityatvam So nitya means always Adhyātma dwelling upon Adhyātma jñāna Knowledge of the self Adhyātma ātmānaṁ adhikṛtya vartadeta Adhyātmaṁ Adhiyana ātmā This is avyayibhavasamāsa Where the first letter is the indeclinable And Adhi is in the sense of the Seventh case adhikaranam in short, Atmani, the idea is that the knowledge pertaining to self, self is called Adhyatma Gyanam. Lord Krishna says, Adhyatma Gyanam Nityatvam, all the time dwelling upon, or all the time a commitment to, all the time pursue the knowledge of the self. <coughs> there is also a value, naturally, in, in pursuing the self, all the time to devote it to the means we, so those that which is means of the knowledge of the self so all the time pursuing the knowledge of the self meaning that having that as a one's agenda let that be the only agenda that there is namely knowledge of the self so what do you mean pursuit of knowledge of the self there is a famous statement in brahada upanishad a statement from the dialogue of say yagni Valkya and maitre his wife Atma vare drashtavya hai, shrotavya mantavya nidhyasitavya he He atma vare drashtavya the atma must be seen, drashtavya Darshana yogya Atma the self is most worthy of being known. <coughs> Why is it so? Atmani ni shrute shrute Mate vignate sarvadam vignatam bhavati, Himaitri when the Atma is known, then everything becomes known. How can it be? When Atma is known, everything becomes known. How does that happen? Atma kamaya sarvam priyam bhavati. Hey whatever is dear to anyone is dear because basically the self is dear. Whatever it is that I love in this creation anywhere is because primarily I love myself. And that anything becomes an object of love when it reflects myself. So, in fact, when I love a mirror, it is not for the sake of mirror that I love the mirror. It is because the mirror reflects me and basically I love the reflection. And as much as a mirror is a medium of reflecting me, basically I love myself. Therefore, I love the reflection. Since I love myself, therefore I love the reflection and therefore I also love the mirror that reflects me. Similarly also, basically I love myself. And therefore I love anything that reflects me and therefore whatever it is that I love at any time is that which reflects me, which positively reflects me. Sometimes I don't like mirrors also. Some mirrors are those which show a distorted reflection of mine or sometimes they magnify some of the defects which may be there in my body or my face. I don't like them. I like those mirrors which make me look good and similarly also Anything and everything that I like in the creation is because it just reflects me, the self, which I love. So that is why what you love, but then ultimately what it also means that everything is nothing but the self. Oh, say Jagjnalka says that if you want to love everything, then love yourself. If you want to know everything, then know yourself. If you want to become everything, become yourself. If you want to achieve everything, achieve yourself. This is what it amounts to. And therefore, Atma is, of course, the most important thing in my life. It is the most valuable thing in my life. And Adhyatma Jnana, Nityatvam. it is a knowledge of the self which is important. And that is when the pursuit of my life becomes complete. <coughs> so therefore, discovering a value for the self-knowledge and pursuing the self-knowledge. As Mundaka Upanishad says, lokan Karma Brahmanaha, Nirveda Mayat, Nastekra Karma Chitan, Lokan, Pariksha, examining or analyzing all the achievements that are possible through karma, through action. Meaning examining everything that is other than oneself. Basically what it means is that through karma or the action or the effort one can achieve anything, including Brahma Loka. And therefore, examining the nature of any kind of an achievement that is possible through any kind of an effort. Brahmana Nirvedmayat This Brahmana meaning a contemplative person discovers a vairagya, discovers a dispassion or indifference towards everything because he discovers that whatever is, is limited. Whatever can be achieved through karma. That means whatever is achievable is necessarily limited. Nasti akritah pratenah What I am seeking in my life is akritah. What I am seeking is uncreated. Uncreated means that is always there. And what I am seeking is a permanent, eternal. That's what I am seeking. I cannot be, uh, cannot be satisfied with anything that is limited, anything that is temporary. And the nityavastu, oh, that is eternal, cannot be achieved through any karma. It is something to be discovered. And that's how, when this examination is done in one's own life, then one turns to be a jinyasu, meaning a seeker of knowledge. And when that is the horizon, then of course, pursuing that knowledge. Tad vijnanātam, sahajmīlāna Samit samitpānahi, śrutriyam, brahmanishtam. For that knowledge, he must necessarily approach a teacher. And therefore, really, pursuing this knowledge, or constantly striving to gain the knowledge, striving to do whatever is necessary that will result into this knowledge, first thing is going to the teacher. Tad for this knowledge, he must necessarily go to a teacher. And as we have seen a number of times, the reason is that the, there is no, the means of knowledge available at our disposal are not sufficient for knowing the self. Na tatra chakshur na na the eyes do not have any reach, the speech does not have the reach, the mind does not have the reach. Meaning that, What we are talking about is that which cannot be perceived through organs of perception which cannot be even described by the words which cannot be visualized by the mind it is that entity the knowledge of which we are seeking and therefore it requires a different kind of a pramana the idea is that we have the pramana the means of knowledge to know the objects of the world but we do not have the means of knowledge to know the self and therefore it requires a means of knowledge so upanishad becomes a means of knowledge Vedanta nama, Upanishad Pramanam. Upanishad is the means of knowing the self. Like Tom Dashmosi, you are the tenth man, that statement becomes a means of knowing the tenth man. And similarly also, Tattwamasi, that thou art. You are Brahman. You are what you are seeking to be. That becomes a, that statement becomes a means of knowing the self. <coughs> so, Swamiji, I heard the statement. So why should I all the time keep on? Should I keep on repeating the statement? says, no, no, all the time applying my mind in understanding the statement. So what's the big deal about understanding? I know, you say Tatvamasi. you are Brahman, so I am Brahman. says, no, no, it is not enough that I know that I am Brahman. It is that that I am Brahman should become a reality for me. And therefore, Atma Varya Drashtavyaha Hey, Maitre, you must see this fact that you are Brahman. That you are Brahman is fine, but then you must see the fact that you are Brahman. <coughs> How do I see that fact? Hai, mantavya hai, hai. You must listen to the Atma. You must reflect upon the Atma. You must deeply meditate upon the Atma. Hai, you must listen to the Self. So, what is meant by Adhyatma Jnana Nityatvam? Meaning, constantly or all the time pursuing the knowledge of Self. Or pursuing the means of knowledge of the self is Shravanam, primarily listening to the teacher. Basically, listening to the self. Listening to the nature of the self. That means that listening to Upanishads. Listening to self means Atma vare drishtavya, Atma vare The Atma must be listened to. How can I listen to Atma? Listen to the statements of Upanishads. Because the Upanishad, the only subject matter of Upanishad is Atma, the Self. How do I listen to? Go to the teacher. Meaning, listening to Atma means listening to the Upanishads. Listening to Upanishad means that listening to analysis of the statements of the Upanishads. And that means listening to the teacher who unfolds the statements of the Upanishads and thereby unfolds the Self. So Shravanam, listening to the Self going to the teacher and listening to the scriptures. For that, whatever preparation is required, we do. In the olden days, it's required that one must renounce, you know. The idea is that this should become the only agenda. That's what they want. I mean, this is not practical at this time, And but then, in course of time, Swamiji, is it necessary that we must become renunciates to gain the knowledge? Not really. Not renunciators in terms of the way of life. Although Shankaracharya would insist upon that also. But then, let us say that we do require the renunciation as the frame of mind or disposition of mind. So whatever disposition a renunciate enjoys, that's the kind of disposition that we should acquire. This is what we call vairagya. So it was discussed earlier, vairagya. A dispassion from seeking this gratification, seeking sense gratification, seeking you gratification. So, a freedom from seeking gratification. That's what Vairagya is, that is when the mind is available to focus upon contemplation upon the self. <clears throat> and so, Tad Sahaguru Meva Abhigachet, it is said that for this knowledge, he must necessarily go to the teacher. As we have been saying, in those days, going to the teacher meant leaving home, leaving with the teacher and studying with him. And giving up home meaning giving up all one's duties and responsibilities and connections and demands all this means in practical terms is that this is the only agenda that the person has in short in course of time those should become the only agenda that we have and then although the mind is totally available to listening dwelling upon that so shravanam listening to the self Swami, what do they say in the classroom the same thing tattvamasi that the art what is meant by that is unfolded What is meant by thou is unfolded. What is meant by art, means is, is unfolded. You are Brahman. So Brahman is unfolded. Sadeva Swami, ilama ekameva dvitiyam, he somya. Oh good looking one, this whole universe before its creation was sat, Brahman, one without a second. The whole universe was before its creation, Brahman. What do you mean by that? Like showing a number of parts, you know, Place, place before displayed before me and someone can tell me, Swamiji, all these parts before the creation was only clay. All the parts and pants and different things lying in front of you before the creation, all of them were clay. Why should they tell me in this manner? Why should in fact my attention be drawn to a state before creation? Why do you tell me what they are now? You know what the Upanisha says? Before the creation, all the parts were clay. Before the creation, the whole universe was Brahman. So, when this statement is made to me, what I will do is, I will try to visualize the situation that existed before the parts and fans were made. And I realize that all of these are actually made. The common material in all of them is clay. That clay is the upadana kind of material cause, And so I imagine Clay without any form, from which all the forms emerge. And then I realize that, even when the parts and pens are there, that it is nothing but clay. So what the Upanishad say, means, when it said that, this whole universe was Brahman or God. The whole universe was God before its creation. In the language of scientists, we can say that, before Big Bang, what was there was God. Scientists may not accept anything existing before the Big Bang. But we say that, nothing can come from, something cannot come from nothing. Something can always come from something. And so, Big Bang also must have a reason to be there, to take place. And therefore, there must be the cause before the effect. And that cause was God. Is that all Swamiji? God, having given rise to creation, has ceased to be God now? So before Big Bang, God was there. And now God has become the whole creation. Therefore, there is no God anymore says, no, no, this is a different kind of a creation. So, this is a statement that is made to show that Brahman is the upadana karanam the material cause. Just as the clay is the material cause of all the pots and pans, and so also Brahman is that very substance from which everything is made. Imagine, you and I are made of Brahman, that is God. That is what is meant by upadana karanam that is what is meant by material cause. Swamiji, I... I'm made of God you are made of God that's exactly what it is how can it be so this is being unfolded so look even when you think that there is part look at the part closely what is that part oh a part is, is an object having a big stomach and a small opening that's alright the stomach is there the opening is there but then touch the part what is the side of the part What do you touch? Oh Swami, that is clay. What is the bottom of the pot? There is also clay. What is there on the, on the opening? There is also clay. Inside, outside, everywhere in the pot, I recognize that it is nothing but clay. And therefore, when I look at the pot, that's what the teacher makes me do, look at the pot closely. Closing does not mean that by, <clears throat> by microscope or something. Closing means focus attention of a mind and see what it is. Then recognize that the pot is nothing but clay. The name and form are incidental. And the real substance, the inherent substance is only clay. And names and forms can keep on changing. But the inherent substance or the inherent nature does not change. Oh, that's all right, swami about the pot, I understand. What you understand is that when the incidental is dropped then you can understand what the inherent is. In case of the part, the incidental is the name and form and when you drop that, then you understand that the part is nothing but the clay. Similarly also, and that is called creation. You know what is creation? Creation is adding the incidental into the inherent. The clay is inherent in that, you add this name in form. But the inherent never changes. And similarly also, what is called creation. That is, you and I and everything that is there, look at it closely. So the teacher invites me, look at it closely. Yes? There is this body is there. Okay. The bodies are all right. Body is a self. Because it is alive. But what is it that makes the body alive? Oh, that's the prana. The vital air, that's because of which the body is alive. And so, prana is really a self because... If that was not there, the life would not have been. But is it prana the white there? Is Is it really the self? No, no, Swamiji. That is because the mind is there. It is mind that actually controls this prana. So mind is the self. Is mind the self? No, no. It is intellect because of which the mind has the kind of emotion that it has. And therefore, intellect is the self. And like this inquiry proceeds. And ultimately my attention is drawn to the fact that what is inherent about me and about you and where we name and form is that it is Asti Bhati Priyam. That the flower is, the flower shines and the flower is dear. And that the book is, the book shines, the book is dear. The crystal is, crystal shines, crystal is dear. Asti Bhati Priyam, Every name and form, has this inherent nature of that it is, it shines, it is dear. Asti Priyam. in that the name and form is incidental. Asti bhādi priyam is really inherent. And that's how my attention is drawn from the very fundamental, from the incidental to that which is the inherent, from what they call mitya to the satyam or adhyarupa to adhisthanam. Understand, Maitreya, there is something called superimposition, there is something called unreal. And the unreal has the very real and uh, substratum. In this manner the unfoldment goes on. It takes; It is done in differently in different Upanishads. <coughs> in Brudharanika Upanishad, yajnavalkya gives an example of a lump of salt. See this lump of salt, he says, is separated from seawater. What happens with seawater is that when the seawater comes in contact with the heat. <coughs> and so then it becomes a lump. And as though gets separated from the water, so lump feels separate from water. Or we can give example of an water and iceberg feels that it is separate from the water. Not recognizing that my truth is the truth of the ocean, and iceberg feels isolated from the ocean, feels isolated from other icebergs also, and suffers from a sense of isolation and smallness. Then the iceberg is told that look you are nothing but water and it is water because of ahankar or ego has gathered a certain shape now proclaims its individual identity and suffers by proclaiming the individuality it is being told that in essence you are nothing but the water in the bruhadarnika open it also is said that when this lump of salt goes into the ocean lump of salt you know loses its self-identification and becomes one with ocean and similarly also, hey Mahitri, when you get your real identity, then you also discover that you are the limitless self. And so all along this is the theme, that you are Brahman, you are limitless, you are what it is that you want to be. This is Shravanam, and Mananam, and this is <clears throat> So Mananam, reflection about what it is that I have understood in Shravanam. Let these values slowly come into my life. If amanitvam, adamitvam, ahimsa, the values that I discuss, let me make a sincere attempt to assimilate these values and practice these values in my life. Therefore Lord Krishna says in the second line, etat jnana miti praktam. Etat means this whole group of values, 20 values that have been stated here, jnana miti praktam. Here Arjuna, this is selfish knowledge. Idea is that even if I cannot, if I, the times when I am not directly listening to the teacher, or I am not directly studying the books or, or meditating, even when I try to practice this value, Amanitvam, humility, Adambitvam, non-pretentiousness, Ahimsa, non-violence, Shanti, forgiveness, accommodation, Ardevam, straightforwardness, honesty, even the very attempt to follow this value also is also pursuit of knowledge because lord krishna says these values themselves are knowledge of course lord krishna raises these values to the status of knowledge they are not knowledge they are means of knowledge that when these values are there then my mind becomes fit for the knowledge and when the values are not there the mind is not fit for knowledge therefore a commitment to understanding these values and practicing them in my life. These values as we've been saying it is not that a certain behaviour is called a value. It is the very spirit that I have or the perception that I have is called value. Understand that non-violence is a perception. Truthfulness is a perception. Forgiveness also is perception. Swami I've forgiven him. I let him do whatever he wants. That may not be forgiveness. Sometimes, forgiving, or I love him, therefore I allow him to do whatever he wants. I love my child, so my child says, I want to go to movies, okay. New car, all right. That may not be necessarily love. Understanding what is meant by love, not just giving whatever is at the one and spoiling them and making them incapable of, uh, you know, becoming totally dependent upon you, that may not be so. Love involves sometimes restraining also, and sometimes... Uh, so sometimes favoring, sometimes restraining. Thus every value has to be understood. Every value has to be interpreted in a day-to-day situation. Although the values are universal, the interpretation is very personal, depending on time, place and condition. And that requires a clarity. So every value also requires a clarity of understanding. And therefore, it actually it is knowledge. You find that when you understand non-violence properly, you understand the self. When we understand humility properly, humility turns out the self because these values are nothing but the nature of the self. Therefore, in life a commitment to even pursuing these values itself is also a commitment to knowledge. But Swamiji, it is not easy, it's nice to listen to these things, easy to talk about them, but very difficult to follow them in the day-to-day life. You know what, Swamiji, when I try to be non-violent, then what people do to me, they just walk all over me. When I try to forgive them, then they think that it is very convenient, and therefore they do whatever they want to do. And so, practicing these values will require what they mean in the day-to-day life. And I also must uh, say one thing here, that it is not possible to follow these values in their entirety. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that, I mean, at least ordinarily people cannot do that. You cannot be totally non-violent and totally truthful because you are subject to being harmed. And therefore, draw your boundaries and accordingly follow these values and then stretch the boundaries. Forgiveness, stretch as much as you can. Non-violence, slowly stretch the values. A day will come when we can follow them in their entirety. But today, I look at my own capacity and practice the value within the limits of my capacity understand however that value is requires an interpretation it is a proper perception and therefore these values themselves are knowledge because they are means of knowledge and practicing the value also is pursuit of knowledge that which is other than that that opposed to that is a meaning violence is ignorance Dishonesty is ignorance. Pride is ignorance. Pretentiousness, ignorance. So, ammanitvam, dambhitvam himsa, akshantihi, anarjavam All of this is ignorance. <coughs> Let us recognize that also. That violence is a product of ignorance. Dishonesty is a product of ignorance. All corruption is a product of ignorance. All the evil that we see anywhere in the world is a product of ignorance. And in us also we find that it is product of ignorance. By knowledge it definitely will go. And so, puruktam, this is Jnanam. Jnana, what is opposed to that is ignorance. And this is how Lord Krishna prescribes these 20 values here. calls them Jnanam, knowledge, because they are the means of knowledge. And as I said, even a commitment to these values also is a commitment to knowledge. If nothing else is done, let me try to practice these values in my life as much as I can. Let me make a commitment to these values. And every time I fail to follow the values, let me not condemn myself. Swami Swamiji, I just, I wanted not to say this, but I just said it. I didn't want to hurt the person, but I hurt. I want to tell the truth, I could not tell. We find that when we try to practice the values, we find that We are not able to live up to our expectations very often because we are still not strong enough. Practicing the values requires inner strength. It requires a willingness to suffer sometimes. It requires a willingness to drop. It requires willingness to drop my attachments, my aversions, my ego. And these things are very difficult to drop and so following the values seems to be painful. And there is a limit to the extent of pain that I can take and therefore the limit to the extent I can follow the values we will discover our limitations as we do this but anyway let us not condemn ourselves also recognize that my weakness also is due to ignorance that I become even uh, graceful to my own self forgiving my own self and continue with my commitment so understand that this is a process practicing value is a process process of growth in terms of the inner strength and thus we become stronger and stronger and as we said in the very first, in the right in the beginning it's not that these values are required only by the person who is pursuing knowledge these values are required even for a person who wants to enjoy the day to day life because these values provide us a frame of mind which is required to enjoy the things that we have when that frame of mind is not there we cannot enjoy what we have And when this frame of mind is there we can enjoy what we have Therefore these values in fact we spend a lot of time Because they are very important in our regular day-to-day life To lead a nice, happy, simple life A life of harmony Because these values are nature of my own self The following values I am following my own self So following values creates a harmony It creates a self-respect I am sure you must have noticed that whenever you are able to overcome some temptation and tell the truth, you have to let go of something. But then you feel good about yourself, but I did it. I spoke the truth. I know I had to pay this. I had to let go of certain things. I spoke the truth. That cost me five thousand dollars, Swamiji. But then, after that, I feel good that I could muster the courage to do that. Swamiji, I forgive him. I know that he has done something wrong. If I wanted, I could have given him one, but I did not do that. I restrained myself and out of compassion for that person, I forgave him. So when I forgive somebody, I feel good. When I tell the truth, I feel good. When I am honest, I feel good. When I am humble, I feel good. When I help somebody, I feel good. So practicing this value makes me feel good about my own self. And whenever I fail to follow these values, because of some temptations, this is what it is. Some fear. It is fears, insecurities and temptations which is what in fact um, compel us to compromise the values. Some fears are there. Insecurities, what will happen to me? Some temptations, I could not give up something. So are they temptations or fear? These are the two factors which come in the way of practicing values. And therefore we have to overcome those temptations would overcome the sense of insecurity to practice the value. I feel better and better about myself. I grow in my inner strength. And that's how this battle of Kurukshetra, Pandavas and Kauravas, which is going on in my own heart, this my life becomes a very process of gaining victory over Kauravas, you know. Although Duryodhana may be great, not out of is they You Duryodhana know, is the leader of all the hundred of them. That's the ego. Or Ravana is the ego. Having mean hit, 10 heads, number of heads and Rama and Ravana, that conflict. So, I have to conquer the Ravana and for that, of course, we must also remind you that we also need the help of Rama, meaning that sometimes we find that we are not strong enough to do this, then prayer, seeking help, seeking help from the Lord, seeking His grace, that is His help also is required and understand His help is always available. Lord Krishna says My devotee never comes to a bad Lord. So when you are on this pursuit, understand that you are not alone, the help is always available. Because Lord also wants that a few people should come to me. Normally nobody cares for him. He is waiting for us to go to him, you know, even look at him. The self is waiting. Nobody even wants to listen to the self. Nobody wants to be bothered about God. So he also wanted some people to come, you know, Dakshinamurthy also waits for people to come. And so when somebody wants to have Dakshinamurthy, he also creates some, you know, he also makes it convenient for them to come. Similarly, also when there is a commitment in our life, then we find things helping us, happening to us also, meaning that the grace of the Lord is always there in this pursuit. And also on our own part, there should be prayers seeking the grace of the Lord so that we get the inner strength to be able to follow these values. (coughs) And so the value of value, the value becomes valuable because it is my own self, it is a means of knowledge, it is a means of indirect, means of moksha, the liberation or the goal of my life. That's how value should become valuable and that is what helps me to practice the values. Okay, I guess with that we conclude our discussion on these verses of the 13th chapter. <speaking in foreign language> Om Pūrāmadh Pūrāmidam Pūrāmat Pūrāmudachyade Pūrasya Pūrāmadhāya Pūrāmevavashashyade Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, Shanti Shankaram Shankaracharyam keshavam maadaraayanam sootra bhaashya vande Bhagavanta punah punah eeshvaro gururaatmaye murti vyoma vadyapta dakshinamurtaye namah om shanti 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 hari
1: om shri guru dev namah hari om